Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Word Podcast. I'm Chris Hout, AIM Coach, and this is episode 173. This podcast is about the endurance lifestyle, the mindset, the supporting infrastructure for you to achieve endurance adventures, for you to be able to go out and do the adventures you're curious about, to follow through on that impulse to dream. What does it take? How does it work? Why not me? And what are all the ingredients to make this journey a successful one? Better yet, what can we even call a successful endurance journey? That is what I'm here to unlock for you on this podcast to discuss the endurance lifestyle with you along with all its ingredients and amazing changes it can bring about. Also to answer some of the typical questions many of you may have on how to integrate this curiosity and dream with the reality of our everyday life and responsibilities. This week we dive into a consult, and some of you might wonder why every now and then I add a consult to the Weekly Word podcast. Well, part of my commitment this year on the podcast is to return to training insights and the technical aspects of how to go about preparing yourself for any type of endurance event or adventure you're looking to do. Consults are a really good opportunity to hear how we dive into the training and to the scheduling and into the mindset and what's important for this individual athlete. These consults aren't my athletes, so I spend about an hour, well, not about, a full hour with them diving into a set plan, something they can dive into for 10 to 12 weeks, successfully complete, and then possibly either have another consult or go about their event in that time window. It's designed to answer their questions. It's designed so that they have a repeatable schedule that makes sense to them, that they can progress on their own. And it's designed to get a better understanding why we're doing the training that we're doing, meaning that I'm prescribing. So this answers in many ways that technical training aspect that I want to be better about on the podcast. Next week, I also have some more training tips and insights, not just logistics of how to go about the training, but how to really Keep in mind what we're looking for on individual sessions and how there's a certain threshold that we achieve that we can't really go over in training. But that's for next week. This week, enjoy this consultation with Kyle. We dive into some training plan review. We dive into injury prevention. We dive into realistic goals and race selection. We also talk about mindset and mental training, methods of accountability, coaching or otherwise. And you will see part of this discussion is diving into the spreadsheet and the linear functionality that this athlete was planning with their training and how that is probably not the healthiest, sustainable way to go about a two, three, four, five month progression in training towards an endurance event. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Please let us know, David and I, or in general, what you think about the podcast. 
It's important for us to know you are getting the information you need, that it keeps you curious and growing as an athlete, as an endurance athlete especially, and with that, that we can continue to deliver content that's meaningful to you and meets you where you are. A lot of times that I talk about training or overall endurance philosophy, sometimes that's not quite what you might be looking for. So please let us know. Enjoy this episode. I read a little bit about the information you sent me. It's a, a pretty impressive um, turnaround there. Pretty impressive commitment. Pretty impressive uh, focus. Um, starting with late September to where you are today, I'm uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't. Uh, I can honestly say I did not intend to become a runner. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, what is probably 40 pounds lighter, it should feel probably a lot better. <laughs> it it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so my initial, uh, exercise at that point was, uh, was pushups September. I was like, I'm going to do 20 pushups just to do something. Mm-hmm. I did about seven and it felt like my <laughs> wife was sitting on my back. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. brutal. Seven push-ups? Like, come on. <laughs> Something's got to change here. <laughs> well, well, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to read, and it's just a testament to what we can do once we fully um, submerse ourselves into it. And, you know, going from where you started in late September – um, and being 40 pounds lighter and not being able to run much to just having done your first half marathon a few days ago is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, you should be commended on that. So, Thank you. So yeah, um... you sent me a little bit of background. So that little bit of that history that I was just commenting on. Then you also sent me your five by one mile running test that you did what looks like yesterday. And then you sent me what you are envisioning for a plan. And so going by the plan from what I see here is that you're looking to do a marathon um, next since you're just doing, you're just checking all the boxes here from your first 5K, well, from first walking to 5K to 10K to half marathon. And you're going to do it all in a year, um, a marathon. What, what do you have planned after the marathon? To me, this, this segues off into, and it's, it's been been healthy uh, talking about mission and an athlete's mission statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, for, for me, a, a big part of what is it that I'm looking to get out of this? And what is my mission with all of this? Um, you know, a, a large part of that kind of ties back into the mental or psychological component um, of all of this, uh, it also ties back into uh, discipline, um, and you know, part of that is is kind of rewiring some behaviors. Um, you know, even call it self expectation, mm-hmm. um, and that, that's part of kind of where I'm at and why I decided to reach out to you at really a pretty let's call it premature phase of all of this. Um, you know, I've, been, I've been very cautious as I've started to go down this path to mm-hmm. not overcommit myself. Um, 
and, and part of that is is really from a psychological standpoint you know my my personality is such that I have this tendency to say you know hey I'm gonna start something and I'm gonna become you know the best <laughs> you know whether mm-hmm. it's you know getting getting your first couple of jobs and going okay I'm gonna become a millionaire or whether it's um, you know going down the path of you know I, I went down a path of studying soil microbiology and you know I was going to go regenerate thousands of acres every year and do all this stuff um, and then you know inevitably you fall short of you know really an outrageous and ridiculous goal <laughs> and then you go oh well, I, I can't do this and you start beating yourself up um, so I, I think you know to me that's in part a good subject I wanted to get your perspective on um, and again, I, I know we've got limited time, but I, I think this is a good spot to pause. Um, I, I've been very cautious to to say, you know, oh, I'm going to go run a marathon in part just because, you know, that typically that would be something that I would have done after my second run. <laughs> I said, <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, I, I, I've done two runs now in, in you know, in a week. Uh, I'm going to go run a marathon and I'm going to figure out how to do that. And a month later I would have done a 10 K and went, Oh, you, but you haven't, you're not even close to a marathon yet. And I would have thrown my hands up. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas you know, even, you know, the, the half marathon I did uh, on the weekend that, that I didn't go out, you know, with the mindset of I'm going to go do a half marathon. Um, mm-hmm. I went out going, okay, I'm going to do at least 10% more than last week. I'm going to enjoy this. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't even track how far I was going to run. Um, I, I knew I wanted to have a long run. Um, and the half marathon kind of just happened. It was, you know, kind of mile 13 that I was like, oh, wait, I wonder how far a half marathon is. And I'm Googling it on my phone as I'm running. <laughs> going, oh, God, I'm going I'm to hit a half marathon. This is awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think had, had I had that mindset of, I want to run a half marathon, well, by mile three, I would have been sitting there going, I've got 10.2 or whatever miles left to get this thing done. And I think just mm-hmm. my whole psychological standpoint would have been completely different and it would have actually hindered my performance. Uh, Excellent. So Excellent. I'll, I'll let but you speak to, speak to some of that in the goal setting. Yeah, I mean, the beauty there is also that you're seeing from your own experience and your own actions what reframing can do for you and taking the outcome off the table and experiencing the moment, the journey, the small progressions for what they are. And So that is already healthy for you and you're achieving the outcome because of the journey, because of the process. Um, They are just ticking off along the way. And this is a different approach that many overlook. And that is, we don't necessarily have to set goals and objectives as long as we're continuing to progress forward in our increments. And then we sort of just meander through those those different goals and objectives because we're moving forward. Right, which is clearly what you're doing with 5K, 10K, and a half marathon. Um, but there's also nothing wrong with uh, saying, okay, I'm just going to keep progressing because a marathon is a number that I am familiar with. It doesn't mean I have to judge myself on it or um, evaluate it or compare. It's more just 
this is just a part of the journey, a part of the process. And I don't know how far I'm going, but I am healthy. I'm enjoying it. I'm progressing. I'm learning. I'm still curious. I'm passionate as I'm doing this. And therefore, I'm just going to see what that 10% more gives me. You know, eventually you're going to get to a pretty big number there <laughs> if you keep going like that. Um, sure. The other thing, though, is also what you said before with prior to the athletic side, just also professionally, is there's you hit, you, you caught the point of transition. And that is the point where we say, just because I didn't achieve X, Okay, then finish the sentence. That doesn't mean now I can't do X or that was a waste of time or that was too ambitious. That is not the rest of the sentence. It is more, and you're seeing that in your athletic self, it is more, wow, I learned a ton to get here. I, I, I progressed a ton to get here. I put in a lot of work and time and care and also positive emotions, maybe sometimes negative emotions to get here. Now it's still within me. I still did it just because I didn't reach the mountaintop. I still climbed half the mountain, three quarters of the mountain, 80% of the mountain. That's still climbing a mountain. And so that reframing of understanding, like I am, it's still progression. I am still better than who I was yesterday. And that's the question for a lot of us. How am I progressing from the past, not to a future desired result? That's, we, we're, we're always comparing ourselves to the future version we want to become. <clears throat> Instead of comparing, not only not to others and only to ourselves, but if we compare to ourselves, we can only compare to the past self. And that is better than yesterday. That is months ago, because you continue to grow you know, in your knowledge, in your ability, in your fitness, in this case, in your athletic self. So this gentle reframing and this gentle understanding um, and acknowledgement of self is going to be very important because you have data now and you have had success now, even in the last six months of seeing what has worked. Will it continue to go linear? Probably not, right? Um, and so- yeah seeing in yourself and building that confidence in yourself and those positive emotions in yourself to say, okay, just because the leap wasn't five steps forward, but only a half a step, it's still a step. And as well as I'm armed and better and so much smarter, stronger, better uh, because of it, that I don't necessarily need the 10% more this week or the faster time or that I still feel good. I know I'm getting better because all those ingredients are happening for me, right? Right. So, so what, what so, tools do you recommend to remind yourself to stay in that mind frame or that mindset? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a tool. It's just that self-talk of accepting that this, and, and you've heard this a lot from listening to podcasts, is that this, this path that's unfolding for me, that's unfolding in front of me, I used to think that it's all my control, but I take action along the path and then the path presents more real estate in front of me. But I can't 
force the path to go a certain direction. It's only because of the next step that the next future step presents itself. And then we take the knowledge from the past step and apply it to the next step so that that action keeps happening. Like, okay, I took the last step with the knowledge of many previous steps. It allows me to take the next step. And right. that's the beauty. We're on our path, our truth of who we should be. And, you know, I have this strong belief, me personally, that, you know, we, we're, we're on our own sort of destiny to get to where we're going, whether we think we're in control or not. And it's these little moments like you had in late September to ch- make these conscious shifts. They might also be subconscious. And it was meant to happen just at that time. And the things are happening for you now because they were meant to happen now at 36, not at 26. You needed to go through to go. You needed to go through what you went through in order to be who you are today and have this persona and this character and start shifting and creating these values and principles that you see for yourself now at 36 versus 26 or 16. That's totally fine. Um, No matter how much partying or this or that was in our lives, it, that doesn't matter. It's now who we are now. And we don't have a contract or an obligation or a commitment to stick true to the person we were five minutes ago. Nowhere is that written. (laughs) We, We, at any moment, we're not in any way tied to who we were five minutes ago. We can change that immediately. And you're doing that. And so, but with that boldness of the marathon, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with saying, I want to, I'm going to try to go out and, and train for a marathon because who you become when you're training for a marathon is way more important than what it, the marathon represents. And right. that's and, what and, you're and that hearing. journey, yeah, that journey is going to pay back dividends tenfold more than it is crossing the finish line at the oh, marathon or getting the medal for sure. or whatever it is, right? For sure. And that's the so, beauty, yeah. too, of what you were saying with the mission statement is it's not just only who we want to be, but it's also understanding, do we really, what does it entail to be that person? What does that look like? And, and sometimes, and I'm not saying this with the marathon, just in general, we, we don't necessarily take into account all the things that, that that new person will be. And we want to, we need the journey in order to prepare ourselves and build our psyche and our capacity and our persona, as well as our body and our mind to be that person. If we were just thrust into that person all of a sudden, in many cases, we wouldn't be prepared for it. It would be too much, we'd be missing too much knowledge and insight as well as experience to sort of be that person. And so there's a reason for this journey and there's a reason for the self-doubts and there's a reason for those self-doubts to turn into, okay, I'm hardening my resolve or I'm going to find out more or I'm going to double down on my curiosity on this because because I failed, it means I'm probably on the right path because obstacles and resistance is part of this right it's, it's really interesting because a lot of this ties into uh, a word that i'm 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 thinking um i've got mm-hmm. a, a very influential person
first in my life. And, you know, he, he tends to, you know, as, as we talk about a lot of what's happening in life, uh, we kind of get a word focus. And, and right now that word focus that I'm, I'm starting to dwell on and contemplate on and think on a lot more is surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting that, um, you know, th- this is the conduit for me to be able to start to understand and start to recognize what that actually means um, mm-hmm. of you know surrendering that income, surrendering you know control, <laughs> to mm-hmm. to be able to just actually live that in that experience and in that journey because um, that's that's what you know it ends up being. So yeah, it's it's very very interesting. <laughs> I was I would actually also ask if you would want to add one more thing to that, that is permission. Mm. You know, because that's part of when you're giving yourself permission to surrender and you're allowing yourself that and you're giving yourself permission to take a step back and look at yourself and not judge. You're giving yourself permission to sort of take this as a journey and a process versus thinking about so and I would add my recommendation my thought my emotion that came up when I heard you say that was also permission thank you yeah that's um, that hits home that's good good let's dive into the training or what was your next sort of um did do we did we cover that part? Can I? <laughs> it's really fun because yeah. my my intention my intention yeah. coming into this conversation is oh you know have a full list of everything you want to talk about and where you want to go <laughs> yeah. and how much time to spend on each and and yeah. I and I, I started writing it out and I went how about you just go get a coffee and chill out and then go find <laughs> exactly. a park and hang out there just have a conversation. <laughs> that's that's exactly that's um, this is how it should be. It, it's great. It's great. And quite honestly, I'm not worried about the time. It's more about getting the questions and the conversation that you need. Sure. So, so, so um, I do have, yeah, going from the very high level to the nitty gritty. Of course. I've got something as it was in the back of my mind while I was running this morning. Yeah. Is my heart rate zones. Okay. I saw those, yeah. And, and what, what what I'm really hoping is that you're going to tell me that that zone two is not correct at all, and it actually needs to be a higher heart rate than that. <laughs> well, your your hope is correct. Your hope okay, is good. correct. Okay, <laughs> good. I think it's, um, I was figuring out it's 125 to 135 heart rate. So, and I think in your uh, so, uh, <laughs> it's 112 to 129, according to Garmin. So yes, I would raise that up a little bit. So let's go backwards a little bit so that you understand that. So first of all, really good yeah. test. Um, talk about challenging yourself when we start the first mile at 725 and we end at 917. That, that is exactly the blow up that I look for, right? And that is the reason I say that is because you stepped into it with full intention and you wrote even, I didn't look at heart rate or paces for the entire time. I just focused on effort. That's fantastic. Um, it takes. I was so nervous eight. going into that. I hate. I hate speed work. Good, good. We don't we all? I have to tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> so mile three, it was like three quarters, maybe a little bit more into mile three, 
I had this phenomenal, in hindsight, it was phenomenal sensation where my legs, I just couldn't get them to move in. Like it was, it felt like somebody had taken my running shoes off and duct tape rubber boots filled with water around my feet. Um, <laughs> and I, I just, I just couldn't get it to go any faster. And I was like, man, this is brutal. I've hit some wall or something. And I took my one minute rest and I started mile four and it felt like I had brand new legs. And I was oh, like, good. Wow. Like what the heck just happened? Like it, it, it literally, yeah, it just felt like somebody almost replaced my legs and then I could go again and then I got hit. But <clears throat> where was it? Mile five was the, in hindsight, the funnest. I think I actually enjoyed it. I, I was kind of laughing through the pain, but yeah. I made it, I don't know, three quarters. It felt like a, log and then i just couldn't it just felt like somebody same thing weighed my legs down even more so i started running sideways <laughs> one way and then sideways the other way and then i tried to shuffle and then i tried to bring my legs higher just to loosen something up to let me like run again and then all of a sudden yeah. i just got this boost of energy and all of a sudden i was hitting like a 720 for the last couple hundred meters <laughs> like that was it was just this yeah i was giving it everything i had and i actually looked at my watch and i was doing like an 11 minute mile <laughs> like, oh, wow it's that it's, yeah it's, it's that, interesting it's a pretty um when you do it like that it it truly strips all all the layers off of us it's a, a five by one at that effort it's really humbling and difficult and really puts you through the the pain cave in a variety of ways. But the beauty is despite those sensations, look at what your body did. Your cadence basically stayed the same, despite feeling like somebody took your shoes up and duct taped rubber boots with water to them. Your stride yeah. length didn't decrease, but your cadence stayed the same, which is interesting. Your heart rate is pretty settled. So all of it is indicated a good good test and so you can see your average heart rate throughout was about 160 from 164 to 158 so uh, usually 168 to 158 so in so i would say like the top end of your zone four because your first one was your highest heart rate um i would say is, so the top end is 165 so the bottom is 155 so i'll put that in that spreadsheet for you then zone okay. three because we want to put a five beat gap between them in order to really allow the body to recognize the difference between threshold zone four and tempo zone three. We build that little cushion in there. So that therefore then is 140 to 150 heart rate. Right? And then again, between zone two and zone three, a nice little buffer. So that means zone two is 125 to 135. So you just got yourself of the top end of your own old zone two into zone three to now do most of your running. Perfect. Yeah. And so Garmin has an extra zone, sort of that easy and aerobic, and then they don't really have the tempo zone, the zone three, as I like to call it. So it's, it's a little bit different, um, but you can see you now go from your top of your old easy zone two into the middle of your old zone three. That's your new zone two. Right. Yeah. So um, 
That being said, you have the clarity around those zones and the differentiation. You want to be sort of right in the middle of them in your training. So um, your threshold should feel pretty um, challenging, but not as hard as obviously the, the mile repeats, right? That's why we're, we're keeping it in 155 to 165. You got up to 170, 180 on that test as um, max heart rate. So we're staying way away from that. So 155 to 165 will be nice and challenging. We'll feel good actually. And then after a few minutes, we'll, we'll start to get a little bit harder, but it won't be as excruciating as a five by one. Then the tempo should feel just pretty rock solid. Like you enjoy being there. That's where you enjoy running. And then zone two is what I call your go all day pace. You just, that's almost like, all right, it's quite controlled. It's quite relaxed. Um, although we're adding some, some heart rate and some beats to it, it still means it's still pretty comfortable and you could run faster at any point in time if you wanted to. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, and that's good. Um, I don't know why I've just, I've interpolated keeping it about 150 is kind of my, my go-to pace where mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty comfortable to go for hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I feel like there's a balance on that zone too, where it's going to be slower than I want to go, which you know, I know you've, you've said many a times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just right. be an anomaly for that. <laughs> yeah, no. but yeah. the zone three work um 140 to 150 that makes sense that currently this is the start of being there that currently the top of zone three is where you feel pretty comfortable now remember if i didn't put that buffer in there the middle of zone three would be exactly 150 right because it would be 145 to 155 but I put the buffer in there so that the body will. So therefore, it's exactly right. You're having exactly the right sensation. Most people feel best running right in the middle of their zone three. It feels like a good, not a necessarily good effort, but it just feels like, okay, I'm training here. I'm not just slogging along and I'm not killing myself. <laughs> it's, it just feels good. Um, so that you're exactly the right sensation. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So then I'm looking at the training plan <clears throat> and I, you have some yeah. questions in here, which I will, I will go into, but I will ask you, um, there is a heavier um, weight of strength in your plan than for most. So what is your attachment, love, commitment to all this strength work? So four days a week of strength and five days of running, um, and again, if you're just, if this is what you enjoy and this is how you progress forward and you, you sort of like this mix, again, we don't have any outcomes in mind. So it is what it is. I'm just curious as to where that's coming from. Yeah. So it's actually really funny you say that because I went to the gym last night to do legs, which as I've been dreading just because I know how much running I'm doing. And I made it about. 20 minutes in the gym. It was like, okay, I can't handle this place. I got to get out of here. This sucks. Yeah. Um, no, so so the only, and again, you know, I'm definitely no fitness expert by any stretch. Um, this was a strength program or strength training that I had done several years ago. And the whole intention was to build muscle. Um, 
So mm-hmm. I don't I don't really think um, I've got a, an attachment to it. Uh, part of where this got derived from is derived from uh, is just I guess for, for one I know I need to incorporate some strength training, and for, for two, sure. my wife told my wife told me do not look like one of those string beans that. Runs <laughs> I think you're losing weight, but if your arms ever look like that, we might have a different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Two things there. One, we need to put your wife's priority higher than that's just you know that you need to do strength. (laughs) That's one. Number two, um, yeah, it'd be pretty magical if it happened that quickly and um, that well. Um, So I don't think you have anything to worry about. that your lean muscle mass. So remember, in order for the, the muscles to look like that, um, that string beanie-ish sort of what most ultra runners look like is uh, as many years of them sort of getting leaner, leaner and longer in order to do the work they need to do for the, and the adaptation that they're having with regards to running. Um, so I wouldn't worry about that too quickly unless you're starting to really get up into the miles of, 100 miles a week, 60, 70, 80 miles a week, um, then the body really starts shifting over and recognizing this is what we're doing. I'm going to maximize this and, and use resources from other areas and change this body over in order to do what it needs to do. Um, so one, that I wouldn't be too concerned about that too quickly. Two, the muscle mass gain with these rep numbers, I'm not too sure that you will have those um, because you would have, this is more hypertrophy phase that you're looking at um, with two times 12 reps and one times 10 reps um, on all these. This is what, what we would call sort of um, maintenance or sort of adaptation phase where the body is just getting good at the movement, but then um, it's too many movements to really build um, mass. It's more using the mass okay. that it has and becomes more, um, powerful um, at it. So that's something um, you would want to switch over if you're looking for strength gain. Um, uh, strength gain being um, actually muscle weight gain, an increase in body mass index of that sort. Um, you would have right. to reduce the reps and also probably switch things a little bit around. Um, so, but that being said, you run it before the strength here because the way I read it, it reads as though you'd be run before it. Yeah. So, and I think I just got this off of some random YouTube video um, yeah. of a guy who looked like he was um, adequate to, or I guess knew what he was talking about. And he yeah. talked about when mixing strength and cardio, you always want to do cardio in the morning and strength in the evening. Uh, mm-hmm. Something to do with muscle building itself more and a whole bunch of scientific words I can't repronounce. Okay. Um, look, the, the strength should be done, you know, closer to the evening before you go to sleep, something to do with how it repairs and your cardio okay. is done in the morning. All, all so sounds kind of the way I did it. That sounds totally fine. Um, good reasoning. Um, in, in, a, in a simple way of description. Also for you, since your primary progression is running you want to do that um you know so that you're feeling most recovered after a night of sleep and so forth versus 
from the strength training being somewhat compromised. Now, there is something to be said to the efficiency and the economy of movement that you get from running after strength because your legs are sort of fried, especially on leg days. And then you recruit the muscle groups you need for running on tired legs and think about clean form and good posture. And you engage and recruit all those tired muscles. And it just sort of um, underlines the point even more of, oh, I really have to engage with my body. I have to really think about staying true to form when I'm tired. Because when you go into the, the longer runs, the body will get to a point where it's equally tired. And you, again, say to yourself, okay, I really have to think about my posture and my running form in order to maintain this leg turnover, this pace, this stride for as long as I can before literally the wheels come off. So um, it's just a good mental exercise as well um, to run on those tired legs. Maybe once or twice a week. I wouldn't say needed much more than once a week, uh, twice a week, if it's just a short one, like 20 minutes here and there. Um, all right. So the strength aspect, uh, I can send you some ideas with regards to strength um, that are more all-inclusive in two sessions so that you're hitting the full body um, versus spreading sure. them uh, apart like that with chest, bicep, abs, and then back, and then tricep, abs, shoulders, and then leg day, uh, that's combining, in my opinion, once again, my opinion, um, principles from more full-time gym into a running protocol. Right. Um, so that's the strength work. And then we take a look at the running work. So you look like you have one day of um, speed, which you call strides. Um, 20 seconds at 95%, 40 seconds to recover, 15-minute warm-up, okay? Um, short, fast, and powerful, that's good. You could also go to the track and start building up some stamina, right? So there's endurance, which is how long can I run? And that's what you're learning to do. You just go out for a run, and you're going further than before. You have no pace in mind, and, you know, that's building endurance. But then stamina is this aspect of how fast can I do said longer run distance or how long can I maintain a fast pace is, is probably a better way to say that. So in the beginning, our stamina is low and we can maybe maintain a fast pace for two or three miles. You did on the test for two or three miles. Um, but in order to do things better, stronger, faster, smarter, we eventually build up that stamina and try to not match it with our endurance because that's almost impossible to do, but continue to build on the stamina as we also build on the endurance. And so with that, that's something to maybe think about on those Tuesdays of where you go to the track or do, do something from a speed-related aspect to build up your stamina. 10 times 90 seconds fast with what I call 100% rest, so with 90 seconds easy. Um, then building up to 10 times two minutes and 10 times three minutes or eight times six minutes and eight times five minutes, right? So that you're building up the, the amount of time you're running fast in that hour, hour and 10 minutes. 
So does, yeah. does it make sense to sort of, instead of having that be a, <clears throat> I don't know, I, I guess a set progressive deal, instead just kind of play with different different distances and different durations at just a 95% output and really just kind of keep switching that up? Or should I keep that a little bit more regulated? You can mix it up too. Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of um, fun in that too. 800 thousands, 1200s, 400s, if you're at the track, or you can do it based off time too. But it doesn't necessarily have to be 95%. 95%, you are correct with the stride. They need to be 40 seconds, uh, less than a minute for sure. Because at that high effort level, if it's too long, um, we don't recover from it. And we can't do many of them. Um, and so I'm talking about, from a stamina standpoint, zone four work where you're building up okay. your ability to run a threshold more and more. You become familiar with it. You become economical in your motions at it. You become more efficient. That means your body tolerates it differently um, and is familiar with it. And it becomes efficient in shuttling the lactate and so forth. That is all in zone four. These short explosive 95% um, sort of VO2 max highest effort type of things, Yes, those are 20 to 40 seconds correct. Strides are great for that um, in order to just bring that up. And what you'll find is as you build the stamina, you will be able to do those strides or that type of effort level for longer too. So let's say you're at the five minutes or four minutes of zone forward. Well, then your strides will become or the 95% effort work goes to 45 to 60 seconds. You're able to hold that. And you know, like you can just sort of run longer with that lump in your throat um, as it's about as your lungs are about to burn off. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's it's strange, but it's just like you get this sort of tolerance for it, and so those are all help you, and that you can mix up for sure. But what I would look at is how much time am I spending this week at that zone four or above level. And you do want to gently increase that time over the week because your training is also going to increase. So the, the, the percentage of your time at zone four or above will probably, versus overall total time, will probably stay the same. But because your overall total time is increasing, see what I mean? It, you know, it will have yeah. to increase as well. Yeah. It's relative, too. Yeah, exactly. So, so what, then, what should yeah. what should I be targeting as a percentage of time in zone four or above on a week? Well, what we're going to see here is that probably given what you're doing, I would say 70% of your time should be in zone two. Um, probably a good um, 10, 15% in zone three, maybe more like 15%. And, uh, you know, 10% of your time in zone four or above. So that leaves about a 5% five cushion. So it could be sort of 70, 20, 10, um, but it never gets down to that perfectly. Um, but that's sort of about yep. a, a range to look at. So in your hour, 10 hour training, 10 hours of running a week, let's say, I'm just, that's just a number. Um, sure. One hour of that, of, tr of that's not with recovery time. That's not the workout. That's truly 60 minutes at zone four however you spread that out. So it's a lot, actually. 
<laughs> you add that up, you know, like that's painful. Um, yeah. So. Okay. And I, the medium easy run is great. That's one of your zone two runs, nothing too long. Um, it looks like you've been doing those this first week. It looks like that was mid zone three based off of the orange numbers. <laughs> yeah. That's where I wanted my zone two to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, but that's actually, it's interesting uh -huh. because right there, again, what you wrote in these numbers is clearly, um, you, it, it's a it's a funny number. We can always I can always tell math where your where you think your zone two is. Take ten off, and then you're close. Yeah. So, um, but that thing, the the fun part is yes, it's a step backwards into that sort of plodding along. But eventually, you see that the heart starts getting fitter and fitter, and being able to deliver oxygen to the working muscles, which is beating better. Um, bigger stroke volume and so forth, that then you are soon running at that zone two versus just plodding along. And then, you know, you're moving quite nicely. And you go, wow. Yeah. And now just think yeah, what my zone three is doing. Yeah. And that that's where I've been, I joined a running group a couple of weeks ago. And one of the guys that I've been running with has been training since October for a marathon. And uh, yeah, we're comparing data and, we did a, I guess like a 10 K tempo run and uh, yeah, his heart rate was like, and under mine and he kept pushing like, and, and it wasn't him trying to push. It was just his normal yeah. rate. Cause he's trying to, yeah. he, he feels like he's in zone two. Meanwhile, I'm in zone three. <laughs> There's zone, yeah. uh, that's in zone four. Uh, but yeah, his heart rate is, he just, he's just in better fitness than I am. That's, that's, that's yeah. what there is to it, right? Yeah. And you can take two people, same weight, same size, same stride length. But it's just a question of how hard their heart has to work in order to, you know, deliver oxygen to the working muscles in order to do that pace. And that's just, that's a very clean way to describe it. So then, yeah, Tuesday, you're okay. doing that. Wednesday is now that easy run. So Thursday, you have a tempo run, which is good. You're separating it from the, the quality on Tuesday with an easy run on um, Wednesday. And when you say uh, medium, how long is medium for you? So, and I don't know where I got this, Chris, but mm -hmm. I threw in a 70% of my long, easy run. Um, okay, good. So whatever my previous week's long, easy run was on the Saturday, then I want to go 70% of that in terms of time. Um, Interesting. I, I love these numbers. I love these numbers. Um, Great. So look I at like, that. I, like I see now. That, that means, fun. yeah, I, <laughs> I see that. 15.3 miles, 16.8 miles on each week here. All right. So this week will be a, oh no, this week, yeah. Oh no, this week ends with a 15.3 mile long run. Am, am I understanding that correctly? Correct, yeah. And so this past weekend, you did your half marathon and then some. 13.9, great. An average heart rate was 148. So we're going to want to bring that back a bit. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> I mean, but again, we don't also need to be too scientific about this. Like if that gently comes back. So two weeks ago, I see 150. This week was 148. Like if next week that sort of goes into like 
sort of 142, 140. That's totally fine. It doesn't have to be strict. Like as long as we're gently bringing it back and, and learning to understand what the body does its own too. And again, I want you having fun with this and continuing to grow and learn and see what your body's telling you and then applying that to next week's workouts and so on. So um, I don't want to take that fun away from anybody whenever they start training sure. like you are, are doing it like this, because it's great. You, you're by doing it like this, you are learning so much and adjusting and, and, and taking the insight. So um, please don't be too black and white on this. <clears throat> yeah. And thank you for saying that again, this is, this is where I'm, I'm fighting that, <clears throat> that nature to want to put everything square in a box and have everything set and follow the plan. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, it's one thing that. Yeah, I mean, a, a start of a running joke at work where it's like, why, why do we make a plan? Well, that way we know that that's you know this is definitely what's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, now, now we now we can rule that one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the fun thing though is at work you know that yet, and, and I'm not sure this happens for you, but I'm going to throw the scenario out there while you're running thinking about what you're entering into this spreadsheet is not what you want to be doing. <laughs> right? And so you want to be running based off of what your the joy of running and being in the moment and checking in with your body and checking in with yourself, and sort of clearing the mind and exhaling and then thinking about form and posture and how your feet are landing and how you're kicking back behind you and if you're leaning a bit forward and if you're overstriding or not and then my shoulders relax you don't want to be thinking about well i want that progression nicely linearly in the spreadsheet right because i catch that with many of my athletes yeah go, go ahead I, ha I have that with many of my athletes when they're just thinking about making the training peaks entry that they have for their training that day green. Um, because if you don't do it, it's red. If you're close to doing it or you overdid it, it's yellow. So green means you work within, within parameters. And so too often it's like, oh, like, let me just make it to, to make it green. But that's not intention. And that's not, you know, being in the moment and why we're doing this. This is, this is our time. This is our window every day to check in with our physical self, spend some time there and listen to what our body has to say. And sometimes even listen to what our soul has to say to us. Because it's the only time of day that we sort of get to tune into everything out. And yep. thinking about a green box or a spreadsheet box will, will quickly limit that opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that we're talking about this is is about three weeks ago or whatever it was when I was doing the 10K. Oh, it wasn't an intentional 10K. It was supposed to be an easy run, but again, I was with my runner buddy who's way faster than me. So I was on track to do, you know, a personal record for a 10K, and I, I just had to run another, I don't know, maybe it was like a quarter mile or something to hit it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to finish that because otherwise I'm like, yeah, there we go. My PR on my 10 K is done. And it's like, well, yeah. no, 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 just don't finish it. Why? Good. Well, who cares? <laughs> you know, leave it for next time. 
but it's so hard because that's you know everything in me wants to check that box and be, yep there we go done uh yeah. so you know i'm trying to just fight whatever my my nature is to curb it back off of <laughs> the check the box kind of mentality yeah but that's you know what i call that and I, i've applied this a lot to myself or when things have really gone wrong or with friends as well where it's like you know what you know what it's like to do what you're inclinated to do. So instead, when you're stuck with those moments, just say, I'm going to do the opposite today. If I'm usually inclinated yeah. to finish this and do a 10K, what's the opposite of that? Stopping right here and saying, you know what? <laughs> there you go. Because I can't. It sort of gives us a sense of I'm still in control. I still am making my own choices versus being pulled by this other voice that is our deeper subconscious that wants to say, let that, you know, type A um, dominate. Good. So our tempo run, um, <clears throat> that's correct. 80%, 90%. I would just stick to zone three there. So that's actually going to be the day now that feels really good, right? Because you're now in middle of zone three um, is the focus. And one hour is great there. Um, but you could also mix it up and sort of do, okay, I'm going to do three times 10 minutes of zone three and walk in between in order to get the heart rate down. Because what we what happens there, because you could easily say, well, I can just run zone two. It's so easy. And then just speed up to zone three. But what happens, the more fluctuation and clarity we create around what the, the training is, the heart likes that a lot better for its adaptations. So, to see on versus off, walking versus zone three, it'll adapt better to that than just a run that we increase the speed in in the middle of it. Um, now, don't get me wrong. It's also important to do that on some days to sort of do a, a fart lick back and forth. And what I like to do there, and this is a fun workout, is I call it like Z260 or Z290 recovery. So Let's say you, you warm up, you're on your hour run, and then you say, okay, I'm going to do 10 minutes of zone three. And then I'm going to do fall back and do 60 seconds of zone two as my recovery, Z260. But so you start the, the clock of that 60 seconds once your heart rate enters zone two while you're running. And you might have to slow down to a shuffle or, or a jog. Um, but then... That time, okay, 60 seconds, no problem. Now, after maybe the next interval or the next interval, you'll notice it takes a lot longer to come down into zone two and then to stay there for 60 full seconds. And so that means it's a good, it shows that it's costing you more and more to do zone three because it takes longer to come down to zone two and stay there. And you can sort of learn and see how your body reacts to that. Just more inputs and different types of speed play. Sure. So what, what is the intention of a tempo run? I, I haven't quite, I don't think I quite understand that. Well, the beauty of a tempo run, especially what you're getting ready for, is technically a marathon. What we see by large amounts of numbers who on heart rate data you run that at upper zone three. So if we took the buffer out of your heart rate zones, and currently we would want to train you over the next eight to 12 weeks to what do we say, 150 to 160 
to run, excuse me, 155 to 165, to run the heart uh, the marathon at 150 to 155 heart rate for most of the marathon. Now you got to warm up to it the first mile or two to get to that spot, but then hold sort of that narrow of a range for the remaining 24 miles. And while you could do that for, you know, 10, 11, 12 miles, eventually the heart rate will either fall out of that zone and will want to suppress, or it'll start spiking above it through hydration and fueling and things like that. But that's the challenge to build the stamina to run that long at that steady upper zone three heart rate just below threshold. And that's what tempo is designed to do, to increase your time that it's not taxing you too much at tempo and, and then fully be able to recover from it and then go back up again or to do it multiple times a week so that your familiarity for running at that pace um, becomes something that the body prefers to be in. Now, you might say, well, Chris, my body already prefers to be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're shifting the endurance back and that with the proper volume uh, and the body adjusting to zone two and getting a better stroke rate and better um, delivery of oxygen to the working muscles, that it then brings that heart rate down a bit that you're more comfortable actually at upper zone two, low zone three for many hours. And then working at that higher heart rate will will net you a lot more results. So what, what my plan was there, and again, I'm not sure I've been looking at so many resources, <laughs> listening to so many yeah. things, a little bit of information overload, which was part of the intention of this was to get some clarity there. I, I was planning on having that be a one-hour run uh, mm -hmm. every week. Does that make sense, mm -hmm. or should I be adjusting that duration? I think for now, Kyle, that makes tons of sense. As you're going through this for the first time, I think that's that's great. We don't want to overthink this and make it too detailed. The beauty of that, too, is it's in one hour every week at sometimes maybe even the same course or the same location. And you say to yourself, all right, last week I had to hold back zone three is, you know, one um 140 to 150, so I'm sort of there. But over the next few weeks, you see, like you've been logging, at said exact heart rate, I've been holding a little bit faster and faster pace. Body, once again, adjusting to the work it's doing, to the speed work the days before, and so forth. So that's why I like an hour run, too. Just keeps it simple. You have one mission that day. Wind it up into zone three, hold until, you know, 60 minutes are done. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, so then we move on to, what are we here? No run Friday. Good. So I'll send you the strength work, but I think um, that day is a great day for strength. And then, like you said, Tuesday afternoon is a great day for strength as well. So now you have, You've cleared out your Thursday second workout as well, and you'll you might even clear out your um, Sunday second workout. But you might either want to do a core workout, um, uh, something like that, on Sunday. 
Yeah. Okay. Or on Thursday, you can add some, you know, some good core work and um, anti-rotational work. Because remember, when you're running, you know, your upper body, your one shoulder is going forward and turning, and your hips are going another direction because that leg is going forward. So you need anti-rotational strength and flexibility in the core because that's what's really twisting a lot on the trunk. You know, I do think it would be wise for me to do that. So part of the, <clears throat> the history that you don't have is I, well, and again, this ties all back into my same um, <laughs> capacity to go a little too intense. I, I started doing CrossFit, I don't know, three mm-hmm. and a half years ago or so, and I went way too stinking hard, and I only mm-hmm. did it for about two and a half weeks. <laughs> and, you know, everybody's there like, oh, yeah, you can do this, you know, I'm, I'm a, big guy so they think well yeah obviously you're really strong and mm-hmm. i just lifted way too much weight and uh and i ended up slipping a disc in my back um <laughs> and then i yeah i redid that again in, i think it was march or april uh and that put me on the floor and that was that was part of you know my whole concept and i'm still getting used to this united states healthcare system where yeah. you know, my little trip to the hospital cost me a couple thousand dollars to <laughs> basically yeah. get a muscle relaxant. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, well, yeah, I can't have that. So I, I, and it's really interesting because you know it, it, it's it's kind of been on and off sore for the last several years. Uh, when mm-hmm. I started running, it, you know, my my lower back where where I slipped, you know, well that it was it was sore, and it's only been in the last couple weeks that I'm actually see, starting to see that 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 consistent chronic minor soreness it, it's actually starting to dissolve and go away um, mm. you know there, there are still times I, that I, I find that I get a little bit but in general you know it's substantially better than uh, than what it has been in the past the real the really funny thing is you know, the last time I did it, I was trying to put my sock on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and all of a sudden, I just hit the floor. And I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. You know, and the the doctor said, "You know, ninety five percent of back issues are from poor core." And I was like, "Okay, I get it." <laughs> all right. Well, that's the funny thing too is that many um, would say with a bad disc, most don't start running <laughs> like you did. Yeah. But it's good. It, and again, all this and also in your progression to what we talked about earlier, if you keep listening to your body, if you don't look to do any of this too linear and you allow yourself to you give yourself permission to also take a rest week to listen to your body and say, I need a couple of days easy or I need to take today off because this is more for a long-term perspective and I'm enjoying the running. And guess what? Once you get out on trail, throw that into the mix, you're going to find a whole new experience out there of, you know, nature and being able to run long and just go to where your heart desires on a long running morning or so. And so all that lies for you in your future and allow yourself Give yourself permission to take your time on that journey. And so listen to that body. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. I think that's part of where I'm starting to get there. 
to, to actually be able to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. I, just, I feel like I could, yeah, I couldn't hear, you know, what my body was telling me. And, and now I, I feel like I'm, I'm start at the start of that path where I can actually start to, you know, hear it if I'm quiet enough. Well, important there too, is we also culturally have this approach of, you know, no pain, no gain and push through it or don't listen to the pain or don't give pain a voice, all that quite honestly, in my opinion, garbage, because that's just not sustainable long-term, but it is so inherently in our um, consciousness that we, we, we shame ourselves. We guilt ourselves when we don't push through pain. (laughs) Now, of course, when the pain is due to the effort level of running and like our lungs are burning or our legs are screaming because we are running fast, that's a different type of pain than something that's, you know, acute that comes up suddenly and is debilitating or limiting the range of motion or the movement that we're doing. And those are the ones we need to listen to. Those niggles, you don't want to turn them into something big. So a little rant there. Um, so that means you go into Saturday now after your Friday off um, with your long, easy run. That's great. Um, I do like the 10%, but the 10% can't be this linear. And the reason I say that is because you have to give yourself a little bit of a break um, to come off of it as you have increased this volume. So you're 15.3 in a few weeks being almost in a few weeks being 20 and 21 Oh, then you seem to level off. Okay. All right. What happened there? There you decided for three weeks to keep it pretty steady. Yeah. Honestly, there's no rhyme or rhythm. Um, okay. It was kind of at the very top. I just said, okay, 10%, 10%. Okay, let's bring that down for a little bit to a 5% increase. Then let's mm-hmm. level it off, just hold. And then let's bring it back up a little bit as a 5% increase and then 10%. And it was honestly kind of random, and I, I do feel like. So I, I think there's a there's a mix here. Um, part of this, I think, is just listening to the body. Um, but I think there's also a component of, you know, is is that actually smart? Um, in part, considering that if we look at my last twelve weeks coming up to this, well, you know, it's been you know, whatever it's been, 10, 20%. And then, you know, it was only three or four weeks ago that I did, uh, you know, I jumped from like eight yeah. to 11 and a half to then to 14. And okay, yeah. great. That's awesome that you did all that, but maybe now you want to back off to, I don't know, 11 or 12 or something. I mean, this morning I did nine and a half and that, that felt pretty good, but you know, as a little bit sore in some places, uh, but, you know, held it back fairly, you know, I think I was holding like an 11, 11, 15. So that's really pretty slow. Just, you know, mm-hmm. in part, I could feel like, you know, um, it, it was probably too much to try and do anything faster than that. Um, but I'm also wondering, is there any uh, experiential advice that you've got relative to, you know, taking recovery weeks or, or bringing it back. Um, Correct. You know, th- this was so, just a guess of, yeah. I love it. I love it. And and I love to hear the learning and how you're thinking this through and, and open to um, different inputs. 
So typically, um, every third-ish experienced athletes where they don't have a history of getting injured and the volume isn't taxing them too much could be fourth week. For others, it might be after two weeks. But um, that being said, it's sort of a 50% drop in volume for that week to really let the body absorb, exhale. And if you look at your path from September to today on an XY chart, I mean, it's a pretty straight yeah. line up <laughs> from who you were in yeah. August to what you're doing now. And so we want to, we don't want to look back and go, well, uh, duh, there it is. Look at that, you know, straight that line going up like a, you know, like a hockey Going stick. exponential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I would, yes, I would um, give yourself permission to take a recovery week. And what that means is I would plug in, you know, into your distance increase a negative, you know, 30% or something like that. So that you, 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 you kick out with a lot shorter throughout. I think the balance you can keep, but when that medium easy run, I mean, right now, the way I'm seeing it, let's say here, the first week of, after the first week or the second week of February, you're doing a 13 mile easy run on Wednesday and a 19, 18 and a half mile run, easy run on Saturday. And that's really adding up. Those two are just, that right there is 30 plus miles. Throw in the tempo, throw in the speed, and throw in the recovery run on Sunday. You're talking 40 to 50 mile weeks here. Now, right. can you do it? For sure. But allow yourself that buffer of a recovery week. You're going to feel amazing. You're going to be happy you did it. It's going to be a nice. Oftentimes, we're in the fog of fatigue. Can't recognize the niggles and things that we just were so familiar with this is how it feels because it's been feeling like this for the last six, eight weeks. We don't. And then when sure. we give ourselves a week off, it's like, oh, well, wow, I'm more tired than I thought. <laughs> and it's good. That's so good. What, you what your, have those sensations. So what are your thoughts on, you know, because we're talking at 30% or 50% reduction, what are your thoughts on, you know, actually just not doing a couple of the runs? You know, for a, oh, that's fine too. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that that's not going to kill momentum. Um, <clears throat> yeah, cause, and I'm just wondering whether that's if if you feel like it, or you know, partly again back to the psychological part of no, you know, you're you're you don't need to be that intense all the time. Just just yeah. only run twice this week, not four times or five times. Um, yeah. Just as a, as a yeah. balance piece, as well as a you know, really a well, that'll, recovery. Uh, yeah, that'll significantly reduce the volume for that week anyway. This is based off of total volume. Um, and so, yeah, you take those two out. Now, the question is, which two do you take out? You can't just take out the tempo and speed and continue to do, you know, long runs. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean I still got to do my speed work? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I, let's say you had the previous, you built up the year, you know, uh, let's say you currently with a 10, 9, 20 second stride, you know, you do six that week, um, or you were up to, let's say, eight times three minutes at zone four. Well, this week you do five at zone four. 
still the stimulus, still the, the annoyance of having to do it, but five versus eight. Um, so something like that. Um, your tempo run goes from, you know, that equation goes from, you know, I would probably uh, pull the tempo run out as one of them. That's a good one. Um, and I would still reduce the easy run a little bit. Um, because that, but I would put the medium easy run on those weeks then on Thursday, right? So that then you get the um, Tuesday on, Wednesday no run, Thursday on, Friday no run. See what I'm saying? You do the Sunday, Saturday longer run, and you pull out the Sunday recovery run. No reason to, if it's, you know, there, there's, there's a, and I'm not necessarily one who always subscribes to this, but there's the theory, and I do like it at times, of if I'm going to just go easy, I might as well not go at all. I might as well just truly recover. <laughs> there's that active recovery right. comment, and then there's the recovery yeah. comment. And it's like, well, one's not really a, the best. Like, might as well just stay on the couch today and truly sure. allow myself to recover or sleep in or whatever that is. So, um so that week, that, so that's what I would, you know, if, if you're, if you're thinking about less running, that's great. That's where you still get your long, easy run in. You still get in a medium, easy run, which both of those are just good for the progression. Get your speed in, take the tempo out. Great. But I would reduce one of the longer runs. Okay. And, and, and sorry, so you were, you're saying, some people do it every few weeks, others four to six. Um, yeah. Given that if I were, yeah, given that you're newer and yeah, I would probably do it um, two weeks on one week off. And the main reason is you'll see the effect of that and how that feels. Now the next week, the first week on again, is always a little awkward. You're like, oh, I see, I shouldn't have taken that recovery week. I feel terrible. Well, <laughs> There's a reason for that. It's just, that's why we take recovery weeks in order to sort of settle into it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good. And, and again, I think this this all comes back to this whole um, athlete mission statement. You know, some some of the stuff I've got in there is is more based on lifestyle and longer term. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I'd love to still be doing this when I'm 65 or 70. Uh, exactly. You know, to, to keep that long range perspective versus the oh crap, I want to run a marathon in eight weeks and <laughs> you know, blow, well, blow something that puts you over for years. <laughs> yeah, and, and the fun thing is remember that marathon isn't going anywhere. Right? I mean right. whether you do it in eight weeks or do it in two years, it's not going anywhere. Um, and yeah, you know, it, 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 we we want to shy away from this mindset where, <clears throat> excuse me, we want to shy away from that mindset of as if we're Olympians and we have to do this in a certain amount of time because otherwise the window is lost and we'll, you know, never be young again. Like no. <laughs> a marathon every weekend in this country, um, you can find one, yeah. you can do one on your own. I mean, eh. healthy progression that we're in this, for the long term. Okay. All right. So then, um, so then the only one remaining is that short, easy run on Sunday, which um, 
it's great. You use that as 40% of your long run of the week. And so again, that's adding up a little bit. So just be smart and be careful there. Um, that one might need to um, be capped out at a number. So where you don't do that based off of a percentage of the long run and just keep that, for example, at steady hour or steady seven miles or cap it at eight miles or something like that. And then just keep it there. Okay. Because you don't yeah, want what I did double was... stress. <clears throat> right. Um, yeah, what I did this last time is I actually broke it into two runs. One, just 100% focusing on cadence. Didn't care mm -hmm. about speed or anything else. And then the back half of it, or the second run, uh, was just easy. Just zone two, well, what I thought was zone two. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, just chill, nice, easy pace, just kind of run it out. Uh, yeah, so and I guess is that, is that smart? Is that, again... You know, the speed work will work on cadence, but you're also trying to get the stride and the speed in it. Uh, this mm -hmm. was just it was just a how fast I turn my legs over. I think um, that's a that's a great interplay to have in there. Yes, to have an intention of this is what I'm going to do the first 30 minutes, and so you want to capture that over time. So maybe not every workout on Sunday, but over the next few weeks, you know occasionally sprinkling that same type of intention in and seeing how you're improving and comparing that. But remember on all of this, as you look at this in a big picture, how fatigued you come into Sunday is going to change, right? You're changing the variable. And so it might not improve anymore because you're coming in more and more tired from an 18 mile run on Saturday and a 13 mile run on Wednesday well, that's going to add a different load to the body come Sunday that you might just want to get off on soft dirt or trail, flat towpath or something like that. And just go for an easy run, no heart rate, just turn the brain off and just jog, shake out the body, get the heart rate going a little bit to move around the achiness and the soreness. And then that's that. Those days are important too. Okay. Um, and then jumping back to one other comment that you made about trails. Um, mm -hmm. So I, my whole intention with all of this is there's this adventure component of life that I feel like I haven't got a whole lot of lately. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, you know, all of my long runs are all trails. Uh, Excellent. The more trails more elevation change that I can get the better off because uh, to me that's that's where I reap the benefit um, from a mindset perspective um, mm -hmm. so in, in all of these exercises um, my plan then would be to just incorporate hills to whatever extent I can find or you know just plan my route so that I've got some sort of hill workout in them uh, in order to be able to build myself up more so for some of that trail stuff. Um, yeah. I think that's a logical, but just wanted to run that, that thought back as well. I think that's great. So you're talking about your Saturday heavy run? Yeah, so my last three Saturday heavy runs have been all trails. Um, okay. Wednesday, a couple of weeks ago, was a trail. 
the more you can do that, the better. Yeah, because it'll save the joints, it'll save the body, it'll be better on that back of yours, all that. Yeah. But also, um, allow yourself, give yourself permission to not look at those paces, because that's going to be completely different than a road run and what you're doing speed work wise or tempo wise. Like they, they don't carry the same relationship as you saw 14 versus 10, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I attempted to get discouraged by that, but I was like, you know what? It's okay. Just, just chill out. Hold it, hold it. But, you know, at that point, I, was, I didn't know where my heart rate was, but I was holding it underneath 150. And anytime it would get above that, I'd just start walking. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to figure it's world-class to run, um, you know, 50 milers and 10, 100 milers at, um, or even trail marathons, some of them, depending on the elevation, but definitely 50 and 100 milers. If you're going 10-minute mile you're you're close to the top five percent three percent of the finishers um and that's you know and so that's almost twice as slow as at a marathon the top three percent of the finisher finishers they're going five to sure. six minute mile so that's the trail so I'll, I'll, I'll i'll segue that so i did ask myself the other morning I said, okay, put off this whole, you know, internal self-conflict of setting uh, a goal and trying to, or having to achieve it. It's like, what would you actually love to just do? Um, mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's a couple things that, that came to me. And one was this whole concept of going to run a hundred mile trail. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, to me, I find that so fascinating. Um, and, and just feel like the growth that you'd have as a person to accomplish something like that would just mm-hmm. be outstanding. Um, you know, but then take that to a diff- different level of, you know, something like just running the Appalachian Trail. Um, you mm-hmm. know, to me, something like that, I, I don't, I have no interest in trying to be a fastest known time or anything like that. Cause I'll, I'll never, I'll never be that. That's not, that's not who I am. I'm, you know, I'm beyond that anyways. Um, but to me, you know, that, that would be the kind of like, a um, I don't know, a long-term goal is to just be in a, in a capacity and whether it's in a race or not, I don't really care. Uh, but just mm-hmm. to be able to fly somewhere and find some cool mountains and, you know, just go run. Just go run. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. 12 hours and then just find a place to sleep and get up and just go do it again and just see where you end up. <laughs> like, sure. You know, it doesn't, sure. uh, it doesn't have to be in something organized. I mean, that could be fun too. Um, yeah. Yeah. But again, again yeah. I think that that's all that all ties back into that mission statement. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the other thing I think I see is just the people that you're going to meet that are are, are willing to able and have been been down that pain cave and dealt with some of that time alone and the psychology. And you know, I, I just think that the people that you're going to find in this sport are. are I feel like there's not going to be anybody like those. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So well, there's, there's a, a lot of high back. That. But, yeah. And so you also, though, um, think of it this way. Um, who, if that's who there's a, there's a curiosity, there's a, there's a, 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 a candle lit or a match lit to get to that point, to be that person. Um, if that's who you want to be potentially someday then what am I doing today in a healthy, sustainable manner to get there, right? And there's 
ingredients. You have to remain healthy as an injury-free in order to stay consistent. So consistency and injury-free. Well, you can't stay consistent if you have an injury, right? And so therefore you have to take right. care of your body in order to gently build the consistency over a long period of time. And so those two ingredients are what you're constantly evaluating your spreadsheet and your training plan to is like, will this help me stay injury free and consistent in order to continue to make the progression that I'd like to. And I think you're well on the way towards that and you're thinking about it in that way, but what do I need to do today in order to be who I want to be? And that's that, that's, that's the, that's the ticket. And as you've discovered since September, it's been a, it's been an acceleration for now, but now we want to also just be, again, allow ourselves to sort of, observe and say, all right, I, I just got to be smart here and do what you've been doing, saying, I'm not just going to force the next distance or the next mile marker or the next accomplishment. I am going to go about this in, in the opposite way that I usually do. Okay. Yeah. You, you also uh, have any, you asked strides versus race, 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 pace, repeat. So <clears throat> eventually you're going to get to a point where you, that, tempo run is going to be a race pace and so that's sort of where you spend your time doing race pace repeats if you want to do them in your tempo run versus just doing a straight hour that you start upping that but if you don't have any expectations for race pace repeats or what race pace is you don't have to do race pace repeats <laughs> but you do want right. to spend that zone four times so we already answered that then you also say weekly schedule sufficient for variation yeah, I, I mean, and you can mix and mingle this a lot more given um, that you have the major concept in mind, right? Um, that you just sort of know based off of what we talked about. These are the concepts I want to touch on. So, <clears throat> And then trying to see your other questions here, make sure we touched on all of them. Training plan review, we did that. Realistic goals and race selections, which we sort of talked to. Injury and prevention. So, so should I, should I, Chris, should I pick a race? I, I, I do have, so there's a charity I'm affiliated with. They've got a charity run uh, April, beginning of April, so I've got lots of time. Um, part of what I was trying to figure out is, you know, should, well, part of the whole conversation we had my thought is to go ahead and just say, you know what, I'm going to sign up for the marathon. If I have to walk a quarter of it, so be it. Uh, but mm -hmm. that way I'm kind of committing to something. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's just another stepping stone to get to something else. I, I, I feel like, you know, part of what I didn't want to do is go, oh, I way overcommitted by trying to do that. Um, at the same time, I just ran a trail half marathon, whatever it was last weekend or weekend before or whatnot. So I, I feel yeah. like that's a, you know, with a few months, that's a very realistic goal. Um, it is. Again, You're I want totally to fine. You. I'm not going to win it, You're, but, you know, yeah. again, come back to the cause, right? Yeah, there's that. Um, definitely give yourself a recovery week into it that you're properly rested, which allows you to recover faster versus if you're fatigued and force your way through it, it takes you longer to recover. Stay true to your right. um, 
commitment of I'm going to go as long as it feels good, realistic, smart, um, not risking anything. And then I'll walk like you said, but I don't think that'll come up if you just start controlled and relaxed and sort of play with different efforts and paces throughout that marathon. You'll have built up the tolerance to run for many hours at that point um, based off of your training progression here. And just don't ask yourself to do too much too early. You can always speed it up, but it feels a lot worse to slow it down. Sure. So yeah, I would, you know, and for charity and it's sometimes, and you'll enjoy it. I mean, the, com the community and the people and the support, and you might find that very fun where you say, you know what, I really, really enjoyed that. And I'm glad I had that experience. Now I can go back to my solo training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. And then um, injury prevention, you said something. I feel like we've talked about most of the, you know, most of this just has to do with listening to the body, taking the rest yeah. of the break, time off, yeah. which, you know, again, I think we've covered that pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, part of what I, I am experiencing is I've, I've got this pain on the back, the very back of my heel, which I don't mm -hmm. think is the tendon, the Achilles tendon. I think it's, some other, I, I found some YouTube video on it, which it, it, it made sense what it was, and it was just from overtraining. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think, you know, to me, I don't think I've done anything. I think I just needed to relax a little bit, which I am. I'm going to be up in Minnesota here this <laughs> upcoming weekend. I, I, I committed to doing one run to my buddy in Canada because he's trying to start running, and it's stupid cold and snowy up there too. So I said, well, I got to at least try, I got to at least try one run in a minus 10 degree weather where I'm post holing in two foot snow. You'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> just, love it. Just to show you I'm going to try. Um, you but look, outside of that, you know, I'm planning on taking you know, three or four days off. Um, okay. So I think that's smart. The other thing that I have been experiencing is I've been having some pain in my knees. Um, which part of what I'm doing for that is using a Theragun for all my leading muscles into my knee. Um, again, I think that's partially just, you know, I'm, my body's going, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> why aren't we sitting on the couch anymore? Um, yeah. so I, I, I don't think there's anything that is major. I just, I think it's just what we've talked about, just, you know, plan some recovery weeks, listen to your body, don't push it. Um, and I think all that stuff will come back and do, and do alignment here within the next week or two. Um, okay. As long as be I be smart on listening. Exactly. Be smart on listening. You can also use a, a golf ball or a lacrosse ball to keep rolling your foot. Um, make sure those plantar muscles on the bottom stay um, activated and engaged. Um, and stretch because the lacrosse ball is great for that. Um, another great tool just to make sure that whole area stays loose and limber and activated is um, maybe two or three times a week. Um, write out the alphabet with your pointed toe. So, you know, you, you point your feet and you start writing A and then B and then just sort of go through those motions so that you'll feel pretty quickly it strengthens your calf and your Achilles and your 
shin bone and your shin muscle and your foot muscles. And just again, just to activate that area to stay familiar with it. Um, and if there is a niggle in there and something that's painful, it'll, it'll come up. So be smart there. But yeah, some time off will surely help. Um, mental mindset and mental training. What did you talk about there? Um, yeah, so I mean, I think some of that was just talking us talking already about you know committing, over committing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we covered that topic. Um, okay. And then lastly, was methods of accountability. Yeah, so to me that that was part of my intention was reaching out to you. Um, is for one, it was a, a, a commitment. Um, you know, I'm making the time commitment, the financial commitment mm-hmm. to you know invest into this. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess I see that as being uh, a potential future role for you. Um, yeah. As much as my wife likes to hold me accountable for running, she doesn't really <laughs> want to hold me accountable. Um, yeah. So I think. You know, well, to me, she wants you to focus on the arms. She wants you to yeah, focus that's it. on the arms. Yeah, just, just, just go do more curls. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I, I guess, you know, I, I think, again, I think this is, is premature based on where I'm at. I think this was healthy. This was, this was a good, a great step. Um, I think what I'd like to do, you know, a question that I had in my mind was, does it make sense for me to engage you as a coach? I feel like walking through this, I, I think at this point, and I'll look for your opinion as well, I think at this point the next logical steps with you would be, okay, Kyle, go away and do all of this, and then let's connect again in you know, two months, three months, you know, somewhere in that time frame and go, okay, you, know, you said you're going to do this. You're not going to overtrain. You're not going to push it. You're going to take some rest. Um, what what are your results? Where did you land? And Correct. How would you try to do it? Um, Correct. I think so that I, I feel that's, like that's great. That's exactly okay. what I would have said too. Where you apply this, see how it feels, see what the increased volume because you're getting into some solid, solid, serious volume here. Um, see how the body responds, um, and again, not overcommit to something prior to sort of seeing how you are in it. And then once you're in it, right. sort of, it, you might change not only your opinion, but sort of shift your perspective a little bit. Um, and like they say, we're all just one injury away from being really um, upset <laughs> about, you know, sure. not being able to run or things like that. And so all that adversity um, is part of all this. And so then we see what's important to us. And so going through this phase like you are is, is a, outstanding progression and it's um, it's really um, a, jo- a joy to observe yeah thank you okay all right um, well yeah <laughs> Look, i mean i could i could talk for hours but um yeah. I think we covered you know all the topics that we uh we wanted to uh, yeah as you to can tell i can talk for hours too <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, it's it's funny because you know put me in a party setting and I I just want to leave, uh, but get me together with one or two people on some really good topics that I've got some substance and yeah I mean we could spend a whole weekend you know diving into them but um, yeah it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. That's good. That's good. 
Well, I appreciate it. Um, I'll send you an email with that strength stuff and some follow-up and yeah, but that should be it. Okay, perfect. And do you want me to reach back out to you in a couple months? Do we want to schedule that now? How do you want to handle that? I would um, put that on you. You reach out. Um, that, that's part of your commitment and ownership and accountability right there. Perfect. Great. And then that's awesome. Uh, I really, really appreciate the time, Chris. This has been an absolute, uh, absolute pleasure.